Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the That's right, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. And this week, my friends, I'm finally going to share with you a secret that I've been keeping from you. (laughs) That's right, my friend. This episode, I think it's going to be titled, It's Confession Time. And I'm not going to give you any more setup other than the fact that that's the title of this episode. I am going to switch straight into an hour-plus-long conversation that I just recently had with my friend John Nemo. It will all make sense to you. This is probably the most vulnerable piece of content that I've produced in a very long time, and I'm excited to finally share this secret with you so that I can move beyond it and I can move on to the next thing that life has in store for me personally and professionally and I look forward to how it's going to free me up to get back to living the life that I was called to live. Without any further setup than that, here's the conversation I had with my friend, John Nemo. Hey John, how you doing? I am doing great, Cliff. How are you? I've never been better. It gets better every single day. It always does with Cliff. Well, Come on, man. Actually, you know, you know the, the, the thing is, is I only say that response, which I say that response a lot, thankfully, but I only say that sp- response when I genuinely feel it. Now, mm. there are times when you might say, hey, Cliff, how's it going? And I'm like, doing all right. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I, you know, I know that I'm the mindset answer man, and I'm supposed to have everything figured out by this point so you know because to be qualified to teach others about mindset i have to have pure mastery with great perfection over it all right let's stop right there (laughs) (laughs) one of the things i think that endears people to your brand endears me and one of the things i have found most effective for online marketing and branding and connecting and sales and everything else is authenticity, transparency, just being a real person. Yeah. Here's, you know, here's the struggles I'm going through right now, or here's an obstacle I've had to work through. And you like are the poster child for this with your physical health, uh, your, you know, business challenges, emotional, spiritual, like people love that. We connect with that. And I think too, that's hard, isn't it, Cliff, for people to let their guard down online and feel like, oh, I have to act like I have it all together. But in reality, nobody does. Well, that well, first of all, that's the key to understand is that nobody does. No, no. It, and, and I'm going to say this, but I think I think some of these people would agree. Tony Robbins doesn't have his it's, it's he's not that way all the time. Right. right. You know, and, and nor was Jim Rohn or any of these other people. They didn't have it all together all of the time. We are human and we all experience circumstances in life that challenge our ability to intentionally choose what to focus on and what to believe about those things. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, one thing for the audience I know I struggle with is 
it's easy when someone puts out a perfect online persona image to compare my real life to someone's online life. Yeah. And that's a real trap we can fall into in business, in entrepreneurship is that person just seems like they have it easy every week and they're crushing their goals and they're hitting their sales and man, they never struggle. And But in reality, we know you do, right? Yeah. We know everyone does. It's just, uh, it's why I gravitate toward people like you and other people that are authentic online. And I found for me in my own marketing, people gravitate toward that because they're like, well, I can trust you because you're not afraid to share your failures, your mess ups. You know, Pat Flynn is somebody that he called himself the crash test dummy, you know, of passive marketing. And I love that. And that's another person with a great authentic brand. Yeah, yeah Pat, I love this. Pat's amazing at it as well. I have found for my own journey, it seems to come naturally to me to be a transparent and authentic and to to put my flaws out there. I discovered a couple years ago uh, what my mission slash purpose for being in existence on this planet was. Uh, and it all came from a... a and an exercise that Dan Miller suggested on his podcast. He says, you know, you have all these businesses and they have these mission statements, right? But have you ever thought about creating a personal mission statement? Mm. And I, I remember reaching out to Dan and saying, Dan, tell me more about this personal mission statement. And we got on the phone. He gave me some questions to ponder and, and stuff like that. He talked about values, what drives me, what is it that makes me most come alive and all that other stuff. And, and then based upon some of that, just work on a first draft of a personal mis- mission statement that kind of makes you feel like, well, yeah, I guess this is why I'm here. And I came up with something, and, and what I came up with during that initial exercise, and this was like, gosh, maybe eight, 10 years ago, the, I would say that 80% of what is in existence as my personal mission statement today is the core. You know, the 80% is still there. And wow. I've, I've made some fine-tuned adjustments along the way as I've made new distinctions about who I am and what really drives me and what do I really want. And I learned there are a couple things that, that I thought that drove me, but quite frankly, those were things that I thought that I should want. And, mm. But it's interesting that one of the things that I learned in my personal mission statement, I don't have it in front of me, I could pull it up, but the one thing that I do know is that one of the things that I am called to do in this world is to take all of my experiences, all of, basically all of the things that I have done and where I've succeeded, all of the things that I've done where I have failed, and all of the things that I hope to do and I'm currently trying to achieve, and to take all of that great, bad, indifferent, all of it, and just share it authentically, here's what I've learned, and in hopes that by me doing this, then I will entertain people, because my favorite thing, when I left, this really occurred to me right after I left my day job as an insurance agent after 12 years. I'm going out to create a business. I have no experience. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm doing it in this thing called podcasting. And everybody says podcasting is dead back then. But I just couldn't bring myself to believe those people, even though they were the experts in the field at the time. Right. And so here I go, and I'm doing this. And I realized that attracted a massive following. And I realized the entertainment value of following my journey because everybody either loves to follow a good success story and to cheer it on, but people equally are interested in massive train wrecks. 
<laughs> and I was going to provide either one of those solutions for them. When I think them. massive train wreck, I immediately think Cliff Ravenscraft. I mean, there's, you know, it's like, right, you know, flames everywhere. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so, you're. Tr- it's right. So, so I learned that people were following me because they were entertained by what I was doing. They were yes. entertained. I mean, literally, this is entertainment. I, I'm on the edge of my seat. Cliff Ravenscraft is taking risks, and he doesn't even know how things are going to turn out. Yeah. And this entertains me. So I realized that God had called me to entertain people. He also uh, had called me to educate people. So everything that I'm learning, I can teach them. And the thing is, is I may be sharing things and I may not have come to some conclusions that are quite obvious to others, but other people are getting educated even if I'm not quite there yet. I haven't caught, caught quote unquote, caught on. So I knew that I was called to entertain, to educate. Now, this is one thing that I know, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a considered one of the spiritual gifts, but I know that I've been given the gift of encouragement. That is, it is something that I am drawn to do. I want to come alongside somebody who seemingly has either has no hope or has lost hope, and I want to come alongside them and provide a sense of encouragement. That, that you've got this and I want to give them that I want to rekindle an ember of hope that can be fanned into a flame so that they can rediscover their ability to dream. All right. And then of course, I don't want to just encourage people, but I want to inspire people. And for me specifically, what inspire means is to inspire them to action, to do something. So right. I learned that I want to share my story which, by the way, is me talking about myself a lot, which I, that's my number one criti- critique that I get from people who don't like me, uh, is that I talk about myself too much. But this is who I am, and I discovered it's like me sharing who I am entertains people, educates people, encourages people, and it inspires people. And by golly, that's why I'm on, the plan- on this planet, and it's what I'm going to do. And if I don't do those things, I feel dead inside. Yeah, and this is there's so many good business lessons in this for everyone listening, watching, however they're going to consume this content is your biggest advantage in the marketplace today, no matter what field you're in, is you. It's yeah. your authentic, unique self. There is only one you. And what Cliff is talking about is sharing the real, authentic, true self through content that both informs and educates and entertains. I call it infotainment. I'm gonna give you great information in an entertaining fashion. And the great thing about it, Cliff, is people who like you, love you. And yep. the people who don't like you, fine, like they can turn the channel. You know, but the thing I, about it some is- Some of those people, I wish they would turn the channel. <laughs> yes, the trolls. But the thing is like, that's what I see with where business is today and with where we have this. We live in the greatest time ever because I grew up in the 80s. Uh, you know, I'm 45 now. I can't even remember, Cliff. I'm getting old. I'm but just like that as well. I, I think I'm 46 or 42. I can't remember. <laughs> Somewhere in there. When it comes yeah. to those exams that you routinely need to have it when you turn 50, I prefer 42. So I'm telling myself that. There you go. But when I grew up, Cliff, if I wanted people to see and hear me, I had to buy a TV station or a radio station. Like this was not an option. Like if I wanted people to read something I created or wrote, I had to get a book publishing deal or I had to go work for a newspaper or I had to buy an ad. And now we live in this era where for good or for ill, the gatekeepers are gone. The technology and the cost of creativity is almost nothing. And that opens up this whole landscape. And I feel like there's so many people my age and even older that either 
are excited and adapting and jumping in like you and I do, or they're like, I don't get it. Why aren't the old ways working? You know, like, but this is what's exciting about it is you have this opportunity to not only create a great business and a great life, but you get to share your real self and attract people who like you, who engage with you instead. Of, and you also repel people that you wouldn't want to work with anyway because yep. they don't like your sense of humor. They don't like my 80s jokes. Forget it. Like, I live in the 80s, Cliff. I'm doing <laughs> vanilla ice jokes. I'm doing, you know, uh, video game references. And and that's what makes business fun, right, is working with people we love. And I love the fact that you're doing that with your brand, too. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the thing is, is as authentic or as natural as it comes to me and has always come to me to be authentic and transparent, I want to be authentic and transparent to tell you that there are times and it seems to be that and, and this is a pattern that I'm recognizing. I'm not identifying this as, as, as a diagnosis of something that I suffer from, but it is a pattern that I've seen is that the more successful that I become, I've been tempted to share less authentically mm. be, because for some reason, I, I, there are some beliefs that have, have uh, I'm sorry, there are some thoughts that have occurred to me, that have come to me, I've, I'm thinking these thoughts, and I'm tempted to, to turn them into something that I believe to be true. And that is this thought that people are attracted to my success. Because yeah. I've had enough people who've said, Cliff, you know what inspires me is you always seem to succeed in the things that you're doing. What I love is that you made a commitment to work out six days a week, every week for the rest of your life, and I see you doing it, and you have succeeded in that area, and that inspires me. And I'm inspired because you you said you were going to do this, and you gave up all that income, and you went and did this, and you're living the dream. And And so... So many people, and all of a sudden, of course, I'm a words of affirmation guy, so I know this. It's those kind of things fill up my love tank, you know. So I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm riding high, and and next thing you know, I I'm setting a standard for myself by the temptation to believe that it's my success that attracts people. And I fall, I've fallen into the same trap. This is so interesting. You bring this up. I have shared less and less struggles as I've gotten more and more successful. And I think you nailed it. I think I get the stakes are higher. You all of a sudden are like fearful. And I have to go back and remember, uh, you know, the authenticity, the clarity, the struggle is what got me here. Yeah. And it's okay to say, yeah, I tried something new last week and it bombed. <laughs> you know? like, I, and I'm, I'm forcing myself to get back to that with, I tried a new online course and it bombed. And here's the lesson I learned. Here's how you can benefit from my experiment. And here's how I handled the mindset issue with psychocybernetics. And that's what we have to stay true to is, you know, with what got you where you are, right? Yep. So here's the one thing I can tell you is that I have remained silent about something that has been eating away inside. And I'm going to publicly share, John, for the first time with you. Wow. The only, the only person that really knows the, the, what I'm about ready to share with you is my wife. My kids have probably just witnessed it just by seeing, but, but I'm going to share with you something here in this podcast because I, I want to expose what I've experienced since Free the Dream 2018 and and then I want to just acknowledge that that that, that this is has been uh, a couple failures on my part, 
but those failures do not define me. And more yep. importantly, what I'm excited about is how connected I am to the the actual feelings and emotions of not succeeding in the things that you quote unquote have told the world you're going to do and you will never do again and all of these other things and and then to learn from them and and yeah. that that actually it's these failures that are going to help propel me to even greater and further success so that I will not actually do these however if I keep here's what I before I share and expose myself for for the fraud that I've been no, I'm just kidding I, <laughs> no here comes the train wreck part of the show <laughs> here yeah. comes the train wreck <laughs> Because the thing is, is before I share this, oh gosh, what was I was going to say, it doesn't matter. Uh, I completely lost that train. That, that you talked about that train. That train just <clears throat> derailed. So here's here's what I want to. Oh, what I was going to say. No, I, it's still gone. <laughs> John. All right. So here here's the deal. As I was preparing for Free the Dream 2018, you know this this idea that I'm going to host this conference. And I'm going to have 300 people that are going to come and they're going to discover, you know, just what I want to share about what, what I've learned about mindset and how, how anything you want to achieve in life or that you are actually called to achieve in life, that, that you're put here to do, you have all of the resources necessary to live that life today. But it's, and, and the thing is, is it's 20% strategy and 80% mindset. And the thing is, is I've been to so many countless number of conferences that give you the strategy. All right. I want to tell you that I'm putting together the conference that's going to give you the other 80% that you need. All right. And if you don't have the strategy, let me tell you, the resources are out there. It's a phone call, a Google search, or one course or a conference away. The strategy's out there. But this mindset stuff is a big deal. All right, so I wanted to have, I wanted to give to other people what I experienced through Unleash the Power Within in June 2016, and then subsequently again when I went. And, and of course, I had the imposter syndrome of who, who am I to do this? You know, why would anybody come to my event when they could go to Tony and get it direct from him, you know, and, and stuff like that? Uh, so I had all of those things, but I've, I'm like, okay, I will immerse myself in the study of whatever it is that I want. And what I did is I was working out at the gym, you know, still doing my six days a week, every week without taking a day off. And I was successful. Let me just tell you, I, taking days off, not a thing for me. This is, this is one area of my life I was not going to, to let go. So um, last summer, you know, I'm working out two day, or I'm sorry, two hours a day on average. Wow. And I purchased uh, Tony Robbins' Creating Lasting Change, a 10-day audio program. And I also purchased his Personal Power 2, a 30-day audio training program. And I purchased a very old Nightingale Conant version of an audio version of Unleash the Power Within training. And that's, I think, seven or 10 days. And what I did for like four months, nonstop, I listened to, t- to Tony Robbins' Two hours a day, every day, six, six to seven days a week. I was listening to that content over and over again, 10 to 15 hours a week. And by the time it came for me to teach it at Free the Dream, it just flowed. Yeah. It was amazing. 
And during that stuff, I was learning all kinds of things. And and of course, I'm intentionally sharing some things uh, that that are going to lead us into this book recommendation you gave me at, at Social Media Marketing World. But one of the things that I learned was uh, the greatest force in the human personality is for us to remain consistent with who we believe we are. Mm. Said another way, the greatest force in all human personality, the greatest motivation for us, the actions that we take, the greatest force is for us to remain consistent with our self-image. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, here's the deal. I learned that, and I'm like, I, dude, this is a revelation. And, I, and all of a sudden, I took that, and I started to evaluate all of my past physical fitness stuff. Based upon this, it's like, oh my gosh, I realize why I've had this up and down fluctuation in my weight over all of these years. It's because as much weight as I lost, my self-image was I was still this fat guy. Yeah. Yep. And I and I would get down to 212. I would get down to 212 and I would get down to 212. I could never hit the 212. Now, I will tell you. I the day I I'll never forget the day I learned that I I did exactly what I do I immediately turned on Facebook Live and I sat out in my front seat of my car did a reflection from the front seat and I told the world I said I am I am I today I am a man who is under two hundred pounds and I will nice. never and, and I said and I I'm, I may not physically have that today but I am that is my self image right three weeks later. I was under 200 pounds. And nice. th- not only that, but I made it all the way down to 181. And wow. I'm sitting there, you know, so this is because I'm like crushing it at the gym. I'm, it's like, man, this is, this is life. And I'm thinking, you know, it's like, man, I, I actually may go down to 165. That, that's that's kind of just, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe I will. Or maybe I'm going to build muscle and I, I might be okay with fluctuating between 165 and 185. That's who I am. I'm totally cool with that. that I'm down with that. But one thing I did say, and I told the world, I told the world, Cliff Ravenscraft will never in his lifetime ever be above 200 pounds ever again. John, I weigh 221 pounds right now. Mm. I weigh 221 pounds. I still, by the way, work out six days a week, every week, with the exception that over the past four, over the past month and a half, there have been a couple days where I did actually work out three days a week. I can give you all of the examples and, and all the things that were going on with travel and all the other things. Yep. And I have yep. lots of valid excuses that it, that if they were to happen independent of each other that I, I would have never counted those against my record of, of maintaining. But they, they all happened so close to one another that compounded, I'm like, I've kind of failed. You know, I, I'm, I'm drifting a bit, if you will. And I'm like, man. And so the thing is, is it's not that I'm not working out. I, I'm still working out. My cardiovascular health, as far as I know, I, I, I could pull a, a semi-truck, no problem at all. <laughs> but man, I sure did get back into some really weird eating habits. I'm talking yeah. like, dude, let me and five guys, you know, big burger and fries and, and just 
like chips in the house. Like, like uh, it, it takes nothing for me to sit down. It's like, you know what? It's been a busy, hectic couple days. Yeah, let's get a big, gigantic family size of r- bag of ruffles. And I'll share those with you, Stephanie. And Stephanie will eat like, you know, t- a serving and a half or two servings. And I eat the rest of the bag. Yep. After yeah. I've had crazy, ins- it's like, what am I doing? I'm the mindset answer man. And I, of course, I don't know if you l- listen to my most recent episode of my podcast, but I'm like, dude, I'm out of my routines. And, and th- it's just like, I haven't recorded a podcast in a couple of weeks. Well, because c- quite frankly, the content I feel most called to share is content that is authentic and transparent. But I felt like, you know what, just let me, let, maybe I can do some work to get myself under 200 so that I can get back to recording Isn't content again. So here's the great thing about your brand. Here's the great thing about you is like, what did you, what have you learned from this? What are the lessons that you've picked up from this issue, from this obstacle? Because I know you're not going to give up and I know you're not going to just wallow and not, and you're open about it. So what, what did you pick up from it? What can you take away from it and share? Yeah. So there are a couple things that I've learned. First of all, it is our habits and our routines. It's the habit of how we use our body physically. Mm-hmm. It's the habit of what we focus on mentally. And mm. it's the habit of the actions that we take consistently. All right. Yep. So those three things. Um, so basically what I looked back and it's like, wait, oh, by the way, because of all of this, during all of this time, it's like, wait, when I get back from San Diego, it's time to start planning Free the Dream 2019. I, I, you want? We're going to go super authentic. Is that cool with you? Yeah, man. I love this. So I'm sitting there. It's like, listen, I've got, I, I, we sold $19,000 worth of tickets for at Free the Dream 2018 for the next year. Wow. And and it and that money's just been sitting there. It's it's in escrow. It's ready to be, it's like, it's time to start marketing Free the Dream 2019. Yeah. And John, I'm like, man, you know, last year I did not hit my goal of 300. And, and I, I know why. I know a lot of, the, I learned a lot of distinctions. But man, when it was all said and done, it was an incredible event. The 87 people that were there, their lives were transformed. I know a majority of those people are all coming back and they're bringing people with them. That's, right. the, I, that's what they said. And I don't, I don't think for a minute they were just, you know, giving me, you know, blowing hot air or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. So, so I had all of that, but because of my mindset of, of dealing with some failures and, and just pondering this stuff, I'm kind of just like tired. I'm out of my routines and it got so bad, John, that, that it was time. It was like the day before, uh, we had our first official call with Matt and Lauren Brady from Brady made events. They're our event production staff. And it was our first meeting with them. Now, once we have our first meeting, that's when it's time to, for them to send the invoice for the next year. That's our first expense that will be paid out. I literally had the thought, why am I hosting this event again? It wasn't <laughs> profitable next year. Do I really need this? I mean, I, I mean, it, it literally, it cost me money last year. It, it, I, I lost a total of $6,000 on the event itself, but in the marking of that, I chose, I had some belief systems. I didn't market some. So in reality, I, I, I could easily tell you that it cost me about $40,000. I, lo- I lost either opportunity cost or the $6,000 of actual balance sheet. I lost about 40K last year by putting Free the Dream 2018 on. 
And this is a profit, th- this is a product that I believe has been validated in, in several ways. Number one, validated in its effectiveness in what I chose that the desired outcome that I wanted for everyone who attended, perfectly off the charts. Validated in that will people pay for it? Yeah. yeah. I had yeah. I had I had people come from France, from Germany. I mean, it's it, it like crazy. But it hasn't been validated as a profitable venture for me. I, I haven't proven to myself beyond a shadow of a doubt that I know what it takes to market one of these things. And so I asked myself the question. I, I'm like, and 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 by the way, I would not normally never even ask myself the question, but I, I got to the place, and, and this, is, this all ties together, how I was doing physically, emotionally, and then I'm like doubting, what if I refunded all $19,000 and just didn't pursue this? Hmm. Hmm. But, but I will go ahead and I want to hear your response to that, and then I'll go back to answer what did I learn and how did I get out of yeah, that? Yeah, because this is so interesting. It comes down to this book we talked about, a social media marketing world called Psycho-Cybernetics and Visualization and, and what you said earlier about we've got to consistently remind ourselves of who we truly are. And I, I compare it to kind of autopilot versus spending the time to correct the course. And for most of us, at least for me, speaking personally, my autopilot growing up, and I've shared this on my podcast and other places, but like was, you know, overweight, uh, had some issues with abuse and things like that and low self-esteem and shame and depression. And so my default mode, if I don't consciously try to change it, is that direction. Negative, I'm a failure, I'm going to blow it. And so I have to like literally every day, it's like Zig Ziglar said something about, it's like bathing. You have to do it every day or you start to smell bad, right? <laughs> like if I don't put in that time, you know, we can get into how it works later, but, and if you don't put in that time, filling your head, taking that time, that quiet space to fill your head with conscious thought about who you really are, who, you know, what you want to accomplish, visualizing the success, reliving and rekindling the success you've had in the past to get what he calls that winning feeling back then we veer off course. We go into autopilot and it's like a car that goes into the ditch and pretty soon you're off road and you're like, what am I doing here? Where did, how did I get here? Why is there a bag of chips? And I even relate to it with my weight. I've struggled with it my whole life. And what's helped me in recent weeks, I hadn't applied this yet to psycho-cybernetics. I've done, exploded my business with it, which we've talked about social media marketing world, but I hadn't applied it to my physical appearance. And I've started visualizing, like you said, at the weight I want to be, what I'll look like in a bathing suit, what I'll feel like being, you know, 30, 40 pounds lighter and I'm eating better. Cause that's always been the challenge for me is just, you can't outrun your mouth, you know, <laughs> so yeah. I'll work out like crazy, <laughs> but then I'll be, you know, binge eat or eat bad stuff. And, and that's helped me control that because it, this is the great thing about psycho cybernetics is he talks about your brain, your body, like you literally give yourself these commands and you just do it automatically without yes. thinking. And so you're, if your autopilot default mode is, you know, I'm, I'm going to struggle, I'm a loser, I'm going to fail, you'll seek out ways to ensure you fail. Yes. Whereas if you re-engineer and reprogram your thoughts, your conscious beliefs to I have what it takes, I'm, today I'm feeling like I'm 175 pounds or whatever it is, you will act that way. Yep. And your body will be like, oh, these are the commands that John is telling me. 
I'm going to put down the pizza, you know, and I, I happened last night. Like I ate the smallest amount of pizza I've ever eaten in my life, Cliff. And that's like, a, it's like glory. It's a miracle. Like that never happens. And yep. I did it subconsciously because I've been spending the week visualizing. And so that's, I hear that in your story, you know, it is getting off track, falling into the autopilot. And I don't know if that's the issue, if that's what happened with you, but it's intriguing for me that, that that's something I relate to. So, so I told you I would go back to answer your original question, what did I learn? And it's exactly yeah. that. So in Psycho-Cybernetics, which we'll get into a little bit more about our conversation about why we, we are talking about this book, I love, we're, we're basically starting at, from the, at the end first and then going yeah. to the beginning of this conversation. I, I love it. Um, but anyway, here, here's what I will tell you is, is that based upon what I've, I've learned recently in the first five chapters of Psycho-Cybernetics, I realized that I have been replaying my failures. So yes. each day I, I replay the fact that I weigh more on the scale than I did a couple months ago. And that I've, I've experienced that over and over again. And I've been replaying that. And, and, I, and I'm like, man, is today's the day I'm going to do it? Well, yeah. And it's like, then all of a sudden there's some more circumstances. And I'm like, and I'm, it's like, ah. And because of the circumstances, but because I've been replaying the failure, my auto servo mechanism has caused, has veered me in the direction of my failures because that's where, that's the goal because I've, I've focused on it. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a second. It's like, well, gosh, I'm so, I'm so hyper-focused and it's so natural for me to replay my failures. Well, instead of focusing on all the, all of the success that Free the Dream was, you notice that what I, what did I just talk about? Even in the explanation just a few moments ago, I spent a majority of that time telling you about my financial failure. The focus is on how I failed last year, not on how I succeeded. And and it's like, whoa. So here's what I learned. There's a, I learned why this happened, how I fell off the rails. So what I did is I, I went back and I'm like, what was I doing this time last year that I didn't do this time this year? Because the, I can tell you right now, one year ago, there, isn't, there wasn't even an ounce of possibility that the last month and a half that I've experienced could have ever happened. Hmm. One year ago, it would not have been, it was not even possible. Mm-hmm. And here's what I can tell you about my pattern of living and my pattern, my pattern of my physical body, the pattern of what I was focused on, and the pattern of the actions that I took. So here's, here's my pattern back then. I woke up in the morning. I went to the gym. I was working out physically for approximately 90 minutes to two plus hours. All right. That was just, that's, wow. it's not because I felt like I had to. I'm telling you, John, I did it because I derived love massive pleasure from it. Yeah. And, yes. and I still do today. All right. Number two, here's the big change. Uh, the first thing that I forced myself to do every day was to spend a minimum of 10 minutes and sometimes as much as almost an hour listening to the Think Up app, which is my daily affirmations, where in my own voice, I hear myself telling myself the things that I have, reminding myself of the things that I have intentionally, consciously chosen to believe as true. Yep. 
I would listen to, and sometimes I would get really bored of it, and I'm like, okay, let me just do 10 minutes and then move on. Uh, and then, so, but sometimes I would listen to more, but I, I did this every single day without fail. I never failed to listen to my daily affirmations. I have the Habit Share app, and every day I have a list of the things that I, I say that I'm going to do every day, and I either I mark a green check mark or I put a red X on it. And so I can track. I was successful every day. I did daily affirmations. What do I believe? Why do I believe them? All of that stuff. I'm listening to that 15, you know, about 10 to 50 minutes a day on average. And then immediately after that, I go straight into about an hour of listening to Tony or, mm. or, or it could be any other professional development. I'm learning something about how this brain works, how this mind yep. works, and, and, how, and, and our behavior systems, because that's who I am. That's what I want to do. I'm going to immerse myself into the study of whatever it I, wa- I want, and, and those were the things. And then, of course, after I leave the gym, look out, world, here I come right? I can do anything. I am on this earth to do this. And, and my actions, I was creating content like every single day. Like I would put out a 40 minute vlog almost five to seven days a week. And I, I, was, I remember this very specifically and seeing a lot less this year. Oh, a whole lot less this year. I remember year. like, where did Cliff go? <laughs> Cliff has been hiding. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Maltz says in this book, you cannot outperform your self image. So if you only address, he calls it the circumference of yourself, the external things, you're never gonna change. You're never gonna outperform that self image. So where did it start with Cliff? 10 minutes a day, visualizing, recapturing, rekindling what he calls that winning feeling. Uh, This is who I really am. I'm the guy that inspired 87 people from all over the world, complete strangers by the sound of my voice to come and gather, to give me money. I I didn't fail, I invested into the lives of 87 people. And with what I believe is Cliff Ravenscraft, that has eternal consequences. That doesn't end here on earth, yep. okay? And that will, I planted seeds and I invested and that will come back in ways I can't imagine. 87 people like a you know drop of water in a pond and it rippled out. Like that's that's who you were last year yep. in those moments. And then this year, if that time didn't come in, the autopilot veered off into, you know, I'm gonna replay and dwell on all the stuff I'm messing up. And then my body, my nervous system literally will go carry it out. Like it will find in the circumstances things to fail with. Like I have an example from my own thing with my business where before I got into this, when someone would email me about one of my online courses with a question and everyone's email has their phone number in it, right? In the signature, most people's do. I would just passively email back and, and hope and no pressure and everything. But after I started visualizing these financial goals and things like that, that I wanted to do with my business subconsciously, I just started calling people. Because as anyone knows in sales, when you call someone in the heat of the moment, when they just emailed you a question and they're interested in your product, you know, don't passively email back, just call them and break the ice. And hey, I thought it'd be easier to have a call. I started closing all these deals and I started doing things I'd never done before. I got out of being passive because this is the other thing he talks about in Psycho-Cybernetics. He says, your body, your nervous system can literally not tell the difference between a real life experience and one that you vividly imagine. 
So if you're vividly imagining for 10 minutes every morning how you're gonna crush the, the webinar today, how you're gonna crush your sales, you're seeing the money come in, your body thinks it really happened. And so your body's like, well, I better go do that for him. Yeah. Whereas if you think no one's gonna show up and people are gonna troll me and everything, you're gonna look for those comments, you're gonna focus on those, you're gonna shut down, you're gonna lose your energy. It's so incredible to me, like you said, 80% mindset. It is, it is. And I had someone on, I have this, this is a cool example, Cliff, of how I observe it in other people. So I have a live chat feature on my webinars where you know, you're on the page and I can see what you're typing as you're typing it. I don't know if you've seen that or not with yeah, the different I've heard live of chat software. Yep. Yeah, so I had one guy who was all fired up, ready to buy the course. And so he's on the checkout page and we're live chatting and he starts typing, you know, my only worry is I've bought courses before and failed. And then he deleted it real quick. And so he didn't know I saw it. And I was like, you know, let's go, let's do this. And then he just dropped off and left. And I was like, that's mindset. Like to the point where I've added in mindset issues now into my webinars because I'm like, I, I need you to believe in you. Yep. You know, and, and there's so many people that come and they're like, the money makes sense. The budget makes sense. The course makes sense. This is perfect for me. But why won't I pull the trigger? Yep. And it's mindset. And it's it's one of the gifts that you have and one of the gifts we can share is change your self-image, you're gonna change your life. Period. Absolutely. Well, I wanna I wanna share with you how I bounced out of it. Yes. Because I yes. by the way, I, I hear I, that. Let, let, how did you get out of the ditch? I, I want to tell you how I got out of the ditch. And it has everything to do with the work that I did last year. Hmm. All right. So a couple of things that I learned through the Tony Robbins materials and I taught at Free the Dream is how to gain massive leverage for yourself. So if you want to if you want to change your behavior and have it last a lifetime, then you have to get leverage. And how Tony talks about this is you have to associate it associate massive, unbearable, immediate pain to not doing the thing that you want to do. All right? And you also need to associate massive, immediate pleasure to doing the thing that you want to do. And I will tell you, I spent a lot of work last year associating massive pain to the idea of not doing my daily affirmations. I, I said, if, if I don't do this, here are the terrible things that I will feel and experience in my life. If I don't, if I, and by the way, personal growth and development time, if I don't me, do this. Let me stop you though. Yep. How do you not get stuck dwelling on that and fearful? How does that not get you into a fearful state? It doesn't. Um, it, the, well, the thing is, is, is it more just like, it's kind of, I don't want to get hit by a car. I'm going to get out of the street kind of reaction. Is it, maybe that's what it is tapping into that cave person part of our brain that says, if I don't go out and hunt, I'll starve. Well, here, here's what, here's, here are a couple things that support this, that lead up to this, this getting yeah. leverage. So the idea is that what the, what Tony says is that, um, the greatest force, the, the greatest two forces in motivation is our desire to avoid pain Okay. And to gain pleasure, and yes, that and and, yes. if, and it's built into our body. And they, they said, yeah. and he and this is something that's in one of my efforts. Most people will not change until they experience enough pain. Got it. So Got so it. what you have totally. to do. So so and here's the deal. I mentally in my mind said, if I'm not doing my affirmations, 
than this. If I'm not, okay. if I'm not, if I'm not pouring in, not that I have to do it as much as I'm doing it. I'm, I'm just an overachiever. But the thing is, is there is a minimum amount each week that I should be devoted to personal right. development and growth to study right. new things. Because when I, and here's the thing, here's the pleasure. When I learn something new from a, a book like cyber cybernetics or psycho cybernetics or any of these other ones, when I learn something new, the pleasure that I get is that I immediately have the benefit to share that with others and impact their lives. But if I don't do this, I drift and I shrivel and I, and I stay stagnant and, and all this stuff. And I am associated so much. So here's what happened. So all of a sudden, this all started about a month and a half ago, right before San Diego. That's when it all happened is that I, I stopped my affirmations on a consistent – actually, I had already kind of drifted away from my affirmations, and I was experiencing eh, a little bit. But then I stopped my personal growth and development time, and I found myself watching – not that there's anything wrong with watching entertainment, but I found myself just watching UK Parliament and being entertained by John Burkow saying, order, you know, and all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah with yeah. Brexit, and I found myself watching the Twilight movies while I'm working out. It's like, this is doing nothing for me. And, and the thing is, is I had hardwired in myself that what I'm doing should equal pain. And John, what, I, what you've heard me say in the beginning of this conversation is I was, over the last several weeks, I've been experiencing pain. It's a, I've actually hardwired, and by the way, and, and I had, the thing is, is why I will never be above 200 pounds, because if I am above 200 pounds, it means these very terrible, nasty things. And over the last couple of weeks, as ever since over the last month and a half, since I've been growing above 200, every pound above 200 was more and more unbearable, massive amounts of pain. Mm. And, mm. and so I'm telling you, I'm extremely thankful for all of the anguish and pain that I've experienced and, and how it's even caused me to shrivel up and not want to share publicly and not create as much content. And it's like, man, oh my gosh, this is coming true. I'm not doing what I'm put on this earth to do. So Monday morning, I'm like, I, don't, I know that I still have a lot of things that are taking me out of my routine. I know that Stephanie and I can't go to the gym together on Tuesday. I know that we can't go to the gym together on Wednesday. I know we've got this going on and I got that. But here's what we did. Monday morning, Stephanie and I went to the gym. I worked out for two hours. I did an hour of affirmations and an hour of, of uh, listening to cyber, psycho-cybernetics. Then on Tuesday, couldn't work out at the gym with Stephanie. I got up early, worked out here in my home gym, listened to, I think, 30 or 45 minutes of my affirmations and listened, listened to another hour or so of psycho-cybernetics. This more, uh, yesterday, um, again, worked out at home because I knew I couldn't work out with Stephanie at the gym, didn't have enough time to go to the gym and get back for my mastermind calls. So I, worked, I got up and I did two hours here in my home gym did my affirmations for about 10 or 15 minutes, and then I listened to another audio chapter of cyber, Psycho-Cybernetics. This morning, Stephanie and I could go to the gym. We did. did it, we did an hour and a half today, um, and I listened to my affirmations, and I listened to another chapter of Psycho-Cybernetics. And I'm like, wow, I'm excited. I'm, this is awesome. Yes. And by the way, get this. Since Monday, I've actually, I told you that I weighed tw uh, 221, I've actually lost three pounds since Monday. Jeez, that's so, so good. So it, the thing, it's like, this is, 
so to answer your question, it's like it, it's the fact that I did the work last year that says, wait a second, I did I did get leverage. I said if the if if my life circumstances equal, I'm not doing my affirmations, I'm not growing and learning new things so that I can share it with other people. And if I am getting out of control with my eating and and stuff like that, I'm going to be overweight. And you know what? I would judge me. If, you know, if I was in the audience, I would judge me. Who is Cliff to tell me how to gain success in life if he can't even gain success over his physical body? I would judge me. So I feel like other people would, it's like, I associate, it's like, boom. And and it's just the fact that I had associated all that pain plus all the pleasure of actually doing the things that I, Monday morning, back at it. And I, and well, you saw the the message that I sent you from the gym this morning. You were fired up, dude. You were fired up. And you know, this is what's great about choosing how to build your brand online, because when you chose all those years ago to build an authentic, transparent brand, that gives you permission to share these struggles. If you had built a false, phony, I'm always in shape, tip top, super happy, never struggled brand, you would shrivel up and never come back, right? But that's why I love the authenticity of what you're doing today even is just yeah, I hit a bump in the road. I hit an obstacle. Here's how what I learned. Here's the mindset lesson I pulled out of it. And I always look at failures like, you know, the torpedo analogy he uses in the book of you're going to zigzag toward your target. It's never a straight, easy line. And when he wrote the book, I think in the 40s, so like World War II and torpedoes and submarines. And so he uses the analogy of when you shoot a torpedo in the water, it, toward a boat, it has to zigzag back and forth to get to the target. Yeah, well, the and thing is, it, it knows the goal. It knows the target. It knows the goal. We yes. know where the target is. That's where it needs to go. But these things don't just shoot in a straight direction. Um, it's it's natural. And so there are built-in mechanisms, auto-server, uh, what is it called? A, yeah, his language is crazy. I can't... Auto-servo yeah, auto mechanism. mechanism. And and, and the, the it's kind of like... Um, a Segway, you know, remember the Segways when they first came out? It's like they stand up. It's like it, 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 there was this mechanism that has a gyroscope that keeps it in a, it keeps it standing up. And they've got GPS that all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, you're veering off course because the wind blew you. That means we need a little bit more proportion on the left to correct that failure. Course corrections, minor course, course corrections. corrections, never getting stuck. The only place, the only time people listening to this are going to be stuck and fails when they quit, when they stop. Yeah. And so and there's, yeah. The one thing is I have not failed in the fact that, okay. So that, that's the question is what is failure? You know, I said, right. I will never in my life ever be above 200. I, I experienced over 200. The question for me is what, how does one define failure? And the thing is, is we all choose how we define it. Now, some may actually say, well, I define failure that if you said you were never going to be over 200 and you are, you're a fraud. All right. <laughs> okay. That's how you choose to define it. I defined it. I define this as this was massive success, what I've just experienced over this past year. I'm choosing to define it as success because, man, here's what I love is I have put to the test this mindset stuff that I publicly stated to the world, this is how this mindset stuff works. And I buy into this, I believe it, and now I'm teaching it. But now all of a sudden, 
I come away from this. I had some experiences, and as a result of some other things, this is how things are came up, and it and it, and all of a sudden, it did not necessarily turn out exactly how I envisioned it would. But I, here's how I'm course correcting. And the one thing I love about it, and why I defi- define this experience as success, is the number of people that I work with through mastermind groups and mentoring. I hear them struggling. And they feel like they're the only ones who yes. have a gap between what they say they're going to do and what they're achieving. And it's like, but they've had periods of time where they did and why life was great. But when they don't, they feel like, I want to give up. And I'm glad that I experienced this after having taught it because it gives me yet another, say, let me tell you. If you think I have it all together, I don't. I don't have everything all figured out. I still sometimes sleep until noon because I just don't want to get out of bed today. You know, and 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 I love the fact that I experienced this because it keeps me connected to what people are doing. Now, to say, I don't want to say that I I want this failure. I want new failures in the future so I can learn from them. I don't want to re, I I just don't want to keep learning from the same failures over and over again. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really about, you know, the the destination and the fact that people want to be on this journey with you. And in there's never a leader that doesn't have setbacks. There's never and I feel like you're one of those people that you're like leading a tribe. It's very obvious. Like you're, you know, like you're kind of like this pied piper for so many people that are following along and they want a real authentic transparent human person. They don't want a polished, bronzed, perfect, per- you know, cause we can't, I can't relate to a perfect person cause I'm not, I can relate to a regular person who can own up when they struggle, can tell me more importantly, what they learned and how I can avoid that or how I can, you know, relate to that experience and improve too. And that's the thing about it is you're going to fail constantly. It's just a matter of the quick course corrections, fail fast, adjust even faster, you know? And I woke up Tuesday, miserable and depressed. Autopilot was kicked in. And I'm like, as much as I don't want to, I'm going to do 10 minutes of visualization, flipped the entire day around, had an amazing day. I mean, it's just, it's just that simple. And it's also that hard. You know, like yeah. you cannot outperform your conscious self-image. And that's that's where all of this leads back to. And kudos to you for sharing the journey, man. It's amazing. Well, thank you. I, you know, I, I really appreciate the fact that you agreed to come on because I felt like if I could have this as a conversation rather than just because, yeah, it, 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 it's so valuable. So let's start the beginning of the conversation. Who is John Nemo? <laughs> I'm Cliff's confessional partner apparently yes. today. <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been <laughs> it has been three uh, months since my last confession. Yeah. I am uh gosh, where do I start? So I am a, a solopreneur. I, I guess I'm an, an online course creator, a coach, a consultant. And my aim, I serve a lot of business coaches and consultants and small business owners. I help them use LinkedIn in particular to find clients to sell online without being spammy. I do a lot of, I've written eight books. I do online courses on LinkedIn and content marketing and webinars. And my passion, Cliff, is I'm the son of two English teachers. Man, so I love to read, I love to learn, and I love to teach. And that's what makes me come alive is, you know, like you, digesting all this cool stuff and then teaching it. Yeah. And going, wow, did you know you could do this with LinkedIn? This is amazing. Like, and then sharing the journey too and being real authentic because I feel like in my own journey, that's what I need. I look for people like Cliff to relate to. And so 
that's my passion every day is I go out, I learn, I devour something new, and then I teach it to people through an online course, through a book, with the focus of how you can use this for business. You know, and that's, I have a podcast called Nemo Radio, and it's online marketing and motivation. And really combining, like you said, the strategies which are out there, but also with the mindset and, and really helping inspire people. Infotainment. I love it. I don't, I haven't worked a day job since 2012. Yeah. Like you talk about massive pain. Like when I'm feeling like I don't want to deal with something, I'm like, I could go back to that day job. No. no. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Like, and that's, I love the era we live in. I just feel tremendously blessed to be home every day with my wife and kids, to get to do what I love to call my own shots. And I want to inspire all the other people out there that are afraid to do it. Or, you know, like when I left my day job, man, I had one client and had enough money for 30 days. And I had three kids at home under the age of 10 and my wife who didn't work. So like I didn't have investors and I, my whole story was I used LinkedIn quickly to find a bunch of clients and business and stay alive. And that just spawned into all the other things. And so I meet so many people, Cliff, like you and me that, that's what's holding them back is that mindset, yep. that belief, that passion. And it's like, I can show you the tactics and strategies, which I do, the how-to, but I also love bringing in the belief because even with my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients, so many of them struggle the same way. I had one client that was like, I just can't do this. It's not working. I'm like, let me just remind you, you're the client that, that uh, you as a coach help someone go from six grand a year to 600 grand a year in revenue. Like you coach that person to that result I'm like, you need to bring that person to your next call. Like, that's who you are. Yes. Not the person on autopilot today feeling down. And that that's what that's what gets me out of bed every morning is is doing what we get to do, man. It's awesome. It is awesome. What what was your day job that you left and how long ago did you leave it? Yeah. So back in my story, I started out uh, as a journalist. I worked for newspapers, Associated Press, I transitioned into public relations. And I was working for different trade associations and then social media. And back in 2012, I was working for a trade association here in Minneapolis. And my penultimate moment was I was in a meeting about men in tights and fake trees. This is what I talk about. Like, that's when I was like, I got to get out of this place. Like, I was doing PR and social media for a labor union, a nurses union. And great, love nurses. My sister's a nurse. But we also had the, the employer I worked for had a lot of political activity, like a lot of unions do. And they wanted to do a protest about a Robin Hood tax, like take from the rich and give to the poor. And so we were literally, I was spending my years of experience and all this other stuff in a meeting about what type of fake trees should we order for the public relations, you know, skit. Uh, let's get tights for men and let's get, you know, this for, and I'm like, and you want me to do a press release about this? And I'm like, dude, I can't, this is now what I was put on the earth to do. Right. Right. And so I had a lot of fear and I didn't have the mindset. I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I started a side hustle of doing marketing, you know, marketing, using all my skills. I got one guy that believed in me. He's like, dude, you'll make a killing at this. You'll be great. I'll hire you, you know, do a website project. I think it was for like, $15,000. And I'm like, that's enough money for like a month, right? Like with mortgage and expenses and healthcare and all that. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And so I jumped and everyone at that place thought I was nuts because I worked for a labor union. I was making six figures. I had a safe job. You can't get fired when you work for a union. It's very hard. I could have coasted in for the next 20 years. Yep. And I just remember Driving, I remember walking down the back steps of that office that day, Cliff. It was November 4th, 2012. I think it was election day. 
and people, I just remember it was cold, it was bitter, and I was on fire. I was so excited and terrified. And that forced me, like pain, like the fear and the pain of failing, forced me to get on LinkedIn and try some new approaches. And I failed and fell down and got up and got advice and learned more. And within 90 days of doing this system on LinkedIn, I generated six figures in revenue. I had replaced my salary for my old job. Nice. And all of a sudden, I had a bunch of clients and a marketing agency. I'm like, oh my gosh. And that just spawned into then teaching it as a course and writing a book called LinkedIn Riches. And then that led into, hey, I really like how you do content marketing. And that led into a course and a book called Content Marketing Made Easy. And that led into webinars that work because I sell everything on webinars. And my big obsession currently is automation and personalization. So how do I impact people one-on-one, -on -one, help them, give them what they need, but also automate my systems so that I'm not spending 14 hours a day talking to people one-on-one -on -one and not with my family. And I love the idea of what we're doing, which is bottling up content. So if someone emails me today, Cliff, and says, what's your best advice? I'm just struggling with you know, negative thinking and stuff. I'm going to go, you know, you should listen to Cliff Ravenscraft's podcast. We just talked about this. Here's content. It will help you. Yep. I don't feel bad. I've bottled up my advice to you. And that's what you do with your content. And that's what I love about you can serve more people with your content without feeling like, but I need to be there one-on-one -on -one with every person because it's just not scalable. And that that's what's really exciting. That is so awesome. Well, John, you have been a consistent source of encouragement to me over the years. Uh, one of the things I remember you saying, hey, you emailed me and said, listen, I really love what you're doing. I'd love to see more people learn about you. Uh, I have the ability, if you would like, I'd love to to get you, your story published in Inc. Magazine's online site and a couple other online journalistic vent, uh, avenues, and I'll put you on my podcast. Can I interview you? And I'm like, no, I'm not interested in any of that. <laughs> Can I promote you, Cliff? Please. Yes. No, I, I, obviously, I took you up on that, and, and we had a conversation, and, and of course, you put it in your podcast, but you, then you wrote articles, and you, I think there are at least two or three different places, pub, like high-quality, very well-respected outlets, journalistic outlets, not just like, you know, medium.com, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm talking to like Inc. Magazine, Fortune.com, and some other business insider places, these kind of really good journalists, and and you did that for me, and and that that made an impact on me personally. When when anybody ever mentioned the name John Lee, it's like, I like that guy. You know, huh. he did, he, I don't feel like he did this to get something in return. He genuinely wanted to do something to help promote my message in the world. And you and I met each other for the first time face to face, face in San Diego just a couple weeks ago at the speaker party uh, for Social Media Marketing World. And I got to tell you, it's, it, that was a, a great joy to meet you face to face. And I, I really believe that you and I are having this conversation, not just as two people who are online business people who know each other and have collaborated on uh, you know, what we did previously, but I consider you to be a friend today. I mean, I texted Absolutely. you a, a, a personalized video this morning from the gym. That was so good. That was so good. Yeah, and, and that's like one of the things when I was starting out was I was looking at people that I admired, like Cliff Ravenscraft, Chris Brogue, and all these other people, and I'm like, how do I get into their world? How do I build a relationship with someone like Cliff? I can't just come to him with my hand out going, hey, I really would like to pick your brain and get advice. And, you know, you're, I really like your message. Like, and I know you're a nice guy and whatever. And what I thought was, well, how can I bring value to him? 
in an authentic way that's going to help him and, you know, get a relationship going. And so for you, it was like, well, I have this platform. You have a great story to tell. I'm a storyteller. I can promote you. It's going to help you. It's going to help the readers and it's going to start a relationship. And then, you know, that led into, you know, your ability to introduce me to other people. And then like, I even cold uh, approached Chris Brogan and said, hey, I know you don't know me. Can I rewrite your LinkedIn profile for free? Uh, if you don't like it, you don't have to do anything with it. You don't have to talk to me, but I'd love to do you a favor. And he's like, yeah, nobody's ever offered that. Sure. Like, dude, whoever you are. So I put in all the work. I wrote a great profile for him. He loved it. He used it. And then he's like, well, why don't you come on and we'll have a little video and we'll talk about it and promote you. And, and I didn't immediately ask for that, but I just look at it like, you know, what I've learned, Cliff, is like you've got to bring value to relationships, yes. right? And you've got to be you've got to be um, giving without an expectation of anything in return. Like yes. I didn't come to you, Cliff, and go, now, Cliff, when I do this, I'm planning on having you promote me later. You know, like I just was like, hey, I want to do this for you. Let's see where it goes. Yeah, and and I've, and I've be been approached. And authentic. I've been approached by so many people who is like, Cliff, I want to invite you on to a, a webinar to promote you to my audience and stuff like that. And oh, by the way, here are the 10 things that you can email to your email list to yeah. promote this. Yeah. 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 And it's just like, I don't know you. I don't like you. I don't trust you yet. Like we don't have a relationship and it's, you know, and, and I just looked at the people at your level and was like, how can I bring value and start a relationship? Yeah. Michael Stelzner, same thing where uh, the only way I got into his world was I did the same approach with Ray Edwards. I approached Ray Edwards, who you know, and I said, Ray, I know you don't know me. I'm a fan of your show. I, I you know, listen to your podcast. I bought your courses. Can I try and rewrite your LinkedIn profile? You don't have to do any work. I know your brand. I'll go on your website. I just want permission to try and I'll email you a document. He's like, sure, knock yourself out. You know, thanks for being a customer. Ray loved it. Uh, that led to a relationship where then uh, he had me on his podcast. Him and Michael uh, are friends, obviously, as everyone knows. Yep. Michael heard me on Ray's podcast, said, why don't you come on the social media marketing world podcast or marketing podcast? That went really well. And then he said, why don't you come talk? Yep. And that it's just through bringing value to people like Cliff Ravenscraft and Ray Edwards without knowing where it would go. Yep. Right. And I didn't go to Ray and say, now there's going to be a quid pro quo here where you better do something for me. If you, I just was like, it's on me to bring you value and demonstrate it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's how for people listening, if you're like, well, how would I get the time and attention of Chris Brogan or Cliff and bring him something of value? Listen to Cliff. Where does he need help? Go, Hey Cliff, I know you talked about, this is a pain point for you and your business. I help solve this. Can I do it for free with no expectations? See if you like it. If not, no problem. If Cliff likes that, Cliff's the kind of guy that's going to go nuts and sing your praises, yep. you know, and share you and promote you. And it's like, that's win-win for everybody because it's good content for your show. It's good content for, you know, your audience and and that person gets promoted. And, and it's just, that's how the world works, isn't it? It is. It, it's, it's how the world works. It's this thing of, th- uh, reciprocity, you know, and, and what I yeah. love is that you give time. I, what I love about our relationship over time is that you did not immediately expect reciprocity to kick in. You, this idea of, you know, I don't expect anything in return. And you did that for me years ago, the, the, yes. the, the Inc. magazine. And, and you know, it, but the thing is, is when we saw each other at, at Social Media Marketing World face to face, it's like, man, I I, st- I I know this is but this is how th- reciprocity I owe this guy a debt. Interesting. I, I, Interesting. He, he there there is a debt owed to John Nemo. 
And in my mind, because that's how reciprocity works. It's like when somebody does something of value for you, you instinctively, in our human nature, we desire to return value to someone. Um, And and it doesn't necessarily, you short circuit that if somebody had, because there's been a number of people who have done things. They, They certainly have tons of gifts. They have tons of talents. And they say, Cliff, I'd like to do this for you. And, and then they do it, and then they short-circuit the process by saying, oh, now here's what I would like in return. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, that I don't like. I felt like I was being manipulated in, yeah. in this. All this. It's like I thought this was a gift, and this, this is now I see that you know, you're just asking – you're invoicing me on the back end. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's too like when I learned like I did this approach to raise my platform with my LinkedIn training and LinkedIn riches. And so how did you get Chris Brogan to blurb you? And how did you get John Lee Dumas? How'd you get on Entrepreneur on Fire? I cold approached all of them, put in tons and tons of work behind the scenes, really worked hard to rewrite their profiles. And with you know, with John Lee Dumas and Chris Brogan and Cliff Ravenscraft and Ray Edwards, it worked great. With some other A-list big name people, it didn't work out. And they were like, no, not for me, or or they liked it, but there was never a good vibe. And it was okay. I was like, I'm learning, I'm processing, I'm pouring, I'm planting seeds to harvest later. And I'm the cool thing is some people. And the cool thing is some of those A-listers, John, may maybe some of those ones like eh, it didn't work out. And the and the and you could put at the word yet. It hasn't yes, yet. Yes. Yes. You know, correct. you never know because right. that's because I have a I have a feeling that when you add value to someone's life, the recipro- the seed of reciprocity has been planted. Correct. Yeah, and it it might not be immediate, and that's a good point because and, all of it was on good terms and good relationships, and some people are like, well, it's not a focus right now. Now, nah, you know, like. I did this with, here's an example, one A-lister, Gary Vaynerchuk. I rewrote his profile yep. and direct message with him. And um, we went back and forth and back and forth, and his team wanted to approve it and not approve it. And then it got just complicated, and then nothing's happened yet, but he will take my messages, so to speak. If I message him, yep. he replies. Like, but, at least we've got a relationship now. Well, here's so the who thing. knows where that'll lead? Well, hold on. The thing is, is here's another thing to consider. Because yeah. again, I, I have this firm belief that recipro- the, the seed always grows, I, right. I, 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 at least always, I, I, maybe almost always grows. So the thing is, is I, what if it already has been returned to you in ways that you don't currently know and may never know? So for example, Correct. Gary, based upon his team and the people they might advise him, we don't want to bring somebody that we don't know that well, that, we, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is Gary is a very personal person, and I know that he cares about people, and the name John Nemo would probably stand out to Gary Vaynerchuk. I, I know Gary well enough to know that that's true. So I bet you there have been potentially times when somebody's reached out and says, have you ever heard of this guy named John Nemo? He reached out to me and offered him, my- dude, take him up on that. He's great. You know, my team wasn't all that crazy about, you know, some of the changes he wanted to make and all this other stuff, but... I'm, he's the John Nemo's the real deal. Now that may be as that may in the in the eyes of those people could be a bigger could have this. By the way, this hypothetically could have happened already. I I I, I and, mean I've had some big names approach me that I don't know how or why they came. But, and and it, <laughs> and it could be because of some of those behind the doors conversations. That conversations. Do it, you know a good LinkedIn guy? Yeah, yeah, you know there was this interesting guy in Minnesota. 
my team didn't because it was just about his team and wanting to control his brand. It was fine. Yeah. But that could very well be because do you know someone who knows podcasting? Oh, this guy, Cliff Ravenscraft, he's great, blah, blah, blah. Like you got to hear his story, you know, and that's. That's where this reciprocity comes in. I think you're right, man. Yeah. I, I so so don't don't be surprised if those things did work out or are working out in your favor and I, you're not aware of them. So keep doing them. I will. I will. This has been fascinating. So, so I told you we would we would start the we started at the end in the beginning and we, we ended totally in did. the beginning. Anyway, just real quickly, uh, we've we've dropped the name a couple times. You and I talked about this. This is a book I heard about years ago. Uh, you know, there's there's a, there's several books that that have come up over and over again all throughout my personal development. You know, you know, focus. You know, think and grow rich, and how to win friends and influence people. And there's there's this l- list of books that people you know awaken the giant within, and we could go on and on. But one book that has come up a number of times, but I've just been polling those that are in my mastermind groups and it's surprising it's only about 30 percent of those in my mastermind groups have ever heard of psycho cybernetics but this book has been right up there in my mind with the other ones it's just one book i haven't got around to reading yet um and you know in my mind i thought it was just going to be another one of those woo woo books and woo woo, I would describe, right. I would define as maybe unscientific and maybe a little new agey, and it's all about the universal energy sources and all that stuff. But still, it, I'd heard enough great things about it that eventually I was going to read it. But you convinced me to read it in San Diego and put it at the top of my list. It, we're going to wrap this this recording up here in just a moment, but I'm going to be talking about some of the insights that I've gained and how it's actually le- how I've learned that Tony got so much of the things I've learned from him yes. from this book. Right. I'm going to be talking about that in future content, vlogs, uh, email newsletters, and in this podcast and my other podcast called The Audio Journal. But I want to, we've already weaved in just a little bit of like sprinkling. But I want you to give my audience, John, a sales pitch on why they should go get a copy of the new and revised, or the updated and revised version of Dr. Maxwell Maltz's book called Psycho Cybernetics. Go. Yeah. Yeah. I think really, I mean, I'm like you. I read a lot of these other books, Think and Grow Rich, Giant Within, Tony. Nothing ever clicked for me until I got this book. And the, the story behind it, it's a goofy title. I understand. Get past that. Maxwell Maltz was a guy, he was a plastic surgeon to the stars back in the 40s and I think 50s. And he really noticed an interesting thing. He would fix people's exterior features, but yet they still viewed themselves as ugly. They still would look in the mirror with a perfectly fixed nose and say, I'm ugly, I'm hideous. So that led him into pioneering this field of self-image. How? What's going on? Like physically you're fine, emotionally you still view yourself. So that led him into this book and this study And what I've seen, Cliff, now is so many people have built off that. Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, like all of it came from that book. It's really, and Napoleon Hill too, but this book really is the best version I've seen and the most non-woo-woo version of very practical, very actionable, very clear cut of this is why this works. This is why you can't outperform your self-image. Here's the reasoning. And here's how you can change it. Here's very simple things you can do. And the one I talked to you about uh, at Social Media Marketing World was, uh, you said, I have this vision. 
I'm going to be on this stage and I can feel the, the energy and the smoke and the lights and I'm coming up the steps and people are going nuts. And oh, I'm and like, the smell, the smell of- And the smell, spilt, you had a distinct the, smell. The, 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 there's literally the smell of beer that was spilt on the floor over the last couple concerts that were in the venue. Right, because it's an arena, because it's, it's an huge. arena. And, and I said, dude, this is psycho-cybernetics. Like you're literally describing- what he advises for the visualization exercises. The more you can bring in your senses, sight, taste, sound, smell in the imagination, the more your body thinks it's a real event. Yep. And and I compare it to virtual reality where you sit and put on the goggles and think you're on a roller coaster, same approach. You just do it with your mind. And it unleashes and unearths and rekindles these, you know, scientifically the endorphins and the feelings and the emotions, you act how you feel. Cliff comes out this morning. I'm on top of the world, man. Why? Well, I worked out for two hours, flooded endorphins. I visualized and dwelled and obsessed over all the things I'm awesome at and have done great with. Now I'm ready to take on the world. Who's going to get in my way? Nobody. Yeah. And if if you go back to the thing is, is when you have this picture in your mind that your your brain sees that as the goal and says, I'm going to go to work to make that a reality. Yeah, because this it, is it, this is reality. As a matter of fact, it actually sees it as being real because your brain doesn't know the difference between something real and imagined. And preach so, it. so, so the thing is, is it's like, well, this is the life Cliff lives. This is where he's going, and I'm going to keep him on target. And so that's why, you know, last week when that thought, it's like maybe I should just refund. It's like no, you know, in spite of the fact that this is not been yet proven, it's like, why am I, because I'm drawn to this, my auto servo mechanism or my success mechanism that's built into me is drawing me towards the picture that it believes and knows is my future. All right. I'm going to share a little, now that we're in conventional mode, I'm going to share the story I told you at Social Media Market World. When I first kind of got back into this book last August, I had the worst month in the history of my business. Um, and for me, it was, some people might think it's a great month, some people might think it's bad. For me, it was, I made 19,000 in sales. And for, it was way, it was the worst month I'd ever had. I was miserable, we had a bunch of family stuff, a, a loved one died and things like that. And so I was just totally down. And I got into this book and I started doing the exercises. So that was in August. In September, my revenue went up to 45,000. In October, it went up to 75,000. Okay, so in a 60-day period, it just – and you you heard me and you go, okay, John, people have been telling me about this. It's been on my list. You have convinced me. And right there on the spot, you pulled out your phone and bought the audiobook. Yeah. And I have not looked back. Like I have kept that revenue level up there. You know, And it's when I do what I learned in the book. And it's – now I'm applying it to my personal life and weight loss. And like – and it's, it's not some woo-woo magical thing. It's just – I teach it to my kid, Cliff. He's 14. And, you know, he's like, I really like bowling, but I'm terrible at it. I'm like, why don't you visualize throwing strikes? You went out and bowled like a 140. <laughs> like that, those are things from the book where they've showed the scientific proof of they took two groups, one practiced free throws ba- in basketball physically, one just visualized making them, and they had the same improvement. Yeah. It, like, one was, you can't one tell. Was, I think one was 14% improvement, the other one was 13% improvement, and they had, right. a, they had a third group that didn't do any practice, and they didn't improve at all. At all. Yeah. So, it's amazing. So, it's an amazing So it's, yep. it was within 1% those who visualized practicing versus those who physically practiced. It was, it was near incredible. the same. Incredible. Yep. I, great stuff. And as far as the two things, 
real quickly, because I know we have uh, a, a commonality of our faith background as well, um, and so many of my audience do as well. So I want to address the woo-woo nature of some of this. First of all, I want to tell you, this is the first book of this nature where Dr. Maxwell Maltz actually, it, I think it's chapter two, you do hear the fact that he talks about that we seem to have access to an infinite intelligence, you know, and stuff like that. But he actually uh, mildly associates it to God, the creator. He does, yeah. And yep. it's the first time I've actually heard that, and God is, he brings God into the conversation. I'm on chapter, I think I just finished chapter five. I've heard God mentioned at least nine or ten times. As- he mentions it more, too, at the end, when he talks about, God didn't put you on this earth to be average, and yeah. he says, God made you unique. There's only one you. Yeah. It's not, you're not competing with anyone, and he does. He he talks, I mean, he talks about some parables from Jesus. Yeah, and Jesus is my guy. So I loved it. And and I love the fact that it's, you know, combining that with your faith, because part of what I do every day is I go to Jesus and I'm in the visualization, just going to him for grace and hugs and love and filling me back up to get validated so that when I run into online trolls, they don't get to control my self-esteem. Yep. I'm good, you know, and, and that's part of what I learned in that book is, finding that place, that safe place to be. And the second thing I want to address, uh, and and even you shared it, it's like, yeah, it's a crazy name for a book. No, it's not. Actually, I, I, no. I love the name Psycho Cybernetics because the very, right as I'm sitting there getting ready to read it, the first thing I do is I go and Google the definition of cybernetics. Yeah. So then I, I learned that it is about this auto servo mechanisms that, you know, that you know, basically keep you on target towards a goal. So it's it's the cyber. So it it basically, and of course, if you listen to the intro and the first chapter, he tells you that we are not a machine, but there's this mechanism that works like a machine. And, 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 and he, he gives you the, so, so when he understands, if you understand that, if, if you go and Google the definition of cybernetics, you'll have a really good, clear picture of what this is all, uh, what this is leading to. And then the psycho is psychology. And of course, I've become fascinated in behavioral studies. And, and so the name psycho or psycho, psychological cybernetics makes it's the perfect name for this book. And yeah. and, I, and I gotta tell you, the interesting thing is out of all the books, Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People, those things I, I've read the, both of those books and I and I highly recommend both of those books. Um, the Think and Grow Rich is a little bit more on the woo-woo side that seems less compatible with does, a, an understanding yeah. of God. But still Agreed. still truth is truth that God made true. But here's what I will tell you is out of all the books I've ever had read or heard of in this space, the one book that had the most fascinating title for me is Psycho Cybernetics. Yeah. But I never <laughs> did read I never got around to reading it. And and but man, what you said at Social Media Marketing World and, and what we've talked about here convinced me to bump it to the very top of my list. And I'm glad. And this is one of those books. I, I'm, listen, I'm listening through to the audiobook right now. Uh, when I finish the audiobook, I will then, I have the Kindle version as well. I will go in and start highlighting and making notes. And I will also, at the same time that I'm going through the Kindle version, I will be re listening to the audio ber- version again while at the gym. And there's going to be a significant amount of content. I told my friends last night in the evening session of the Next Level Mastermind, 
I said, this is this year's big leap. Or, or, this is the new big leap for me. This is the book that I'm going way deep, down deep in. And I believe that the opening keynote address for Free the Dream 2019 will be based upon the insights. Uh, a, a really good condensed version of, of Psycho-Cybernetics will be the opening keynote for Free the Dream 2019. Uh, fantastic. And, yeah, I, and just, I wanted to bring you on the show because I wanted people to know where I was finally convinced to read this book and why I accosted Cliff Ravenscraft. I admit it. I like basically tackled him at the speaker party. I'm like Cliff, like we finally met. And I'm like, once you mention that visualization, I'm like, all right, you got to read this book. Like it's, you just described exactly that vision you have. That book's going to make it reality. And I have no doubt it will. I have no yeah. doubt you're going to fill an arena and I'm going to be there, man. And I, hopefully I wasn't the one spilling all the beer, but <laughs> 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 it's going to be awesome. John, it has been a joy. Where can people, uh, Nemo Radio, go find it in your favorite podcast app. Ne- just look up Nemo, N-E-M-O Radio, but online on a website where they, can they go find some of your materials? Yeah, thank you. So the podcast, NemoRadio.com, like finding Nemo, NemoRadio.com. Uh, the LinkedIn training is probably the best place to start, LinkedInRiches.com, like the word LinkedIn and then riches, LinkedInRiches.com. And I'm on LinkedIn as well, John Nemo. You can find me just like the movie, right? So yeah, look forward to connecting with everybody. Absolutely. And and I tell you what, I, I, I'm very picky and choosy about who I bring onto my show. And and I will tell you that that John Nemo is the real deal, my friends. And I highly encourage you to check out his stuff. Thanks so much. Well, there you go, my friends. That was the conversation that I had with John Nemo. And I got to tell you, it feels so good to share all of that information out in the open. I hope that you'll go out and grab a copy of Psycho-Cybernetics and read it along with me and look forward to some content where I'm going to be sharing some more insights in the very near future. And if you haven't done so already, you want to go ahead and grab your tickets over at freethedreamconference.com, freethedreamconference.com. Official planning has begun, and our speakers for 2019 will be announced very soon. But as those announcements start coming out, the pricing of the event will go up. There's a special price on there on the website right now. If you grab those tickets, you'll be able to get the best discount you could possibly get right now on the website, freethedreamconference.com. I look forward to seeing you this September in Franklin, Tennessee. Until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Mindset and